Hello, welcome to Healthline 3, I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. John Mays of Bocher Orthopedics with the willis Knighton Health System, and we're going to be talking about outpatient joint replacement. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show, and as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down so we can be sure and hear your question. The number to call will be across the bottom of your screen as we get into the show. It's 318-219-4569. So thank you so much for being here, Dr. Mays. Thank you, Terry. I just love it. The little bit that we've talked this morning and finding out what we're going to talk about today is really fascinating. So we're going to get to the obvious, like what is actual outpatient joint replacement? Outpatient joint replacement is doing hip or knee and shoulder, mainly hip or knee replacement in a hospital or an outpatient surgery center and having the patient go home that same day. So they don't actually spend the night in the hospital. So in order to do that, you have to be efficient. You have to get the surgery done. You have to have the pain controlled. You have to have the patient up rapidly after surgery, walking, rapidly mobilized. So, the, the, so it takes the, the nurses, the anesthesia, the orthopedic surgeons, the physical therapists, all have to work together to get this all done. And we've kind of been doing it for so long now that it's become routine for us. So now, if you look at, in, at Bozier, Willis Knight and Bozier, over 90% of our hip and knee replacements go home same day. Um, there are 10% of people who have multiple medical conditions or they have other things that prevent them from going home. Some people don't have people at home to help them. Obviously, if you are going to go home same day, you're going to need probably somebody at your house with you just in case you need something. And some people who don't go home, that's part of the reason we keep them. But it's just routine now. And a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people still think that hey, if grandma has a hip replacement, she's gonna be in the hospital for a month. No, she's gonna be back that afternoon. That's incredible. It, it really is. is to hear this today and talk about it because that's what we've always heard. That's what we've always thought that, oh, going in for a hip replacement or we hear someone's just had the hip replaced. We think, you know, we call and say, who's bringing the meals? What can we do to take care of them? And sometimes they're out, they're out and at home that same day. Yeah, I tell people all the time, I go, this is like a pit stop at a car race. You're not going to go in, get your joint done, and park yourself in the bed for a week. You're going to come in, get your hip or knee, and keep going. I want you walking around the house. I want you going to restaurants. I want you doing everything you can. The more you do after surgery and the, the quicker you do it, the better off you're going to be. Uh, the problems we run into are when people shut everything down and get in the bed and um, that's really in today's the techniques we have and the the methods we have for dealing with pain are so much better um, you know in the past we had basically one tool to deal with pain and that was narcotics obviously narcotics opioids all the same thing are are are, are not good they don't they don't work well they help pain but they have a number of other side effects so in the last several years, in the, in the attempts to reduce that, we found other medicines and other techniques for stopping pain. Like I told you the other day, like when you go to the dentist, you don't go to the dentist, get your tooth worked on, and then they give you Lortab afterwards. They stop the pain before it starts by do, using what's called local anesthetics, like lidocaine. Um, so now we do that same exact thing for joint replacement. So before the surgery, you either get like a shot 
in the back called a spinal, which is a regional anesthesia, and that makes your legs numb. So you can actually be awake during the surgery, you don't feel anything. You can also have medicine and take a nap if you want, <laughs> but it's, you know, you don't have to have the, the ventilator, the breathing machine. And during the surgery, we have some new type of medications that have come out in the last couple of years that we put in the hip or knee at the completion of the surgery. And they actually prevent pain for three days. So that's three days where you're not even gonna need pain medicine because the pain is stopped before it starts. And that, you know, usually after about three days, the, the intense pain and inflammation has passed. So at that point, it's much easier to deal with the pain. Okay. Okay. So I heard a few things there I want to point out again to our viewers and get back to, but right now we have a caller for you. Christy, what is your question for Dr. Mays? What do you do for a trigger finger? A uh, trigger finger is, um, that's, it, typically when we first see it, we do an injection into it. Um, after an injection or two, if it hasn't resolved, then there's an outpatient surgery that can be done. It takes five minutes. It's very quick and easy. But the key thing you want to do is keep it moving. Don't let it get hung up. Okay. What do you do? Um, does that mean you have um, corporal tunnel syndrome? No. No, they're two separate, two se totally separate issues. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for calling. And so trigger finger, so there's all kinds of joints. People are probably thinking all <laughs> kinds of different joints. And we're talking today mostly about knee and hip, although you did mention shoulder. Yeah. But there is all kinds of things that come to mind. So I love when we have a viewer call in that makes us think about all kinds of other joints in our body. Well, a partner was here a few weeks ago, Rick from Chatrath, and he does mm -hmm. shoulder replacements. I probably do the hip and knee replacements. <laughs> okay. Good, we're getting it all covered then. So let's go back to, I love that you said to look at this, especially if someone we think of, because anyone at any age will have, could have, um, be in need of a replacement for their joints. Well, right. Um, you know, years ago we used to think, oh, you should only do joint replacements on people who are in their 60s, 70s, or older. Um, but nowadays, you know, we've encountered people, the youngest person I've ever done a, a joint replacement on was a hip, and that was in a, 16 year old oh goodness and you know there are people who just have such bad joint disease that the options are do a joint replacement or never walk again oh. you know so the joint replacements that we're doing these days last forever it's very rare that any of them fail so if you do a joint replacement on somebody in their 30s you know we're finding that those people 30 40 years later are still going strong so and even if the joint does fail 20 or 30 years from now, we can revise it. We can take it out and put a new one in. Mm. You don't get one shot at this, you know, and it's, it's, it's an amazing thing that a lot of people don't understand is, is so accessible, even to young people. One thing that we do have to be careful with is letting people know the risk and the benefits of joint replacements. Um, but in most cases, the benefits greatly outweigh any type of risk that, 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 that exists. Okay, so I want to talk more about that after this caller. We have Angela on the line. Angela, hi, what is your question for Dr. Mays? We have Angela on the line. Angela, hi, what is your question for Dr. Mays? Yes, I, I went to Dr. Bauer and uh, he did my knee replacement. 
and I had a whole knee replacement. But now it's been over a year, and my knee won't be in shield. That's one of the complications I talked about. You know, whenever you have a joint replacement, particularly a knee, hips don't really get stiff, but knees do have a tendency to get stiff. So you have to be very aggressive in rehab afterwards. So if you get a knee replacement and you don't do enough physical therapy, you don't get it moving quick enough, it will start to get stiff. Doing a knee replacement is kind of like pouring concrete. You got to get it where you want it. You got to get your motion back before it gets stiff. So if it's been a year and you still don't have good motion, you need to go back and see your doctor and get it evaluated because you might need to have an additional surgery or what's called a manipulation to get it moving again. And that's where you put somebody to sleep or you do regional anesthesia and then you force it bent and then keep it going after that. Okay. But that's that, a very rare problem after a yeah, knee replacement. Yeah, well, I did go back to him. I did go back to him, and he put me to sleep, and he said he worked with it, but uh, it still didn't do no good. And I went through three months of uh, therapy. Well, then you might the have... therapy people, could, they couldn't understand why my knee would not bend. Well, there are people that have to have a revision where you actually take that implant out and put another one in and remove the scar tissue surgically. So you have a complicated, very rare type of problem, and I'll be happy to see you if you give my office a call. <laughs> Might be able to help you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything. Oh, sure. Thank you so much for calling, Angela. We appreciate that. And so we were talking about the benefits and the risks also speaking, coming off of Angela's call. It's a good time to talk about that. So the benefits definitely outweigh any risk. Oh, well, we have a Juanita on the line for oh. first. Okay, Juanita, what is your question for Dr. Mays? Yes, my question is, if a person is obese, can they still have the surgery? That is one of the issues that we run into often. Um, obviously, people can be very sensitive about their weight and they, um, I try to discuss it with them. Now, obviously, being obese, if your BMI, which is your body mass index, which is a factor of your height and your weight, is over 40, which is kind of the, the lower uh, edge of morbid obesity. Once you get over that, your risk of a complication from a joint replacement is about three to four times a normal person. So that sounds terrible, but when you look at a normal skinnier person has a risk of major complication of about one or one or two percent, you're looking at four to eight percent of people are gonna have a problem. By a problem, I mean uh, a wound infection, a, a blood clot, a fracture, or a contracture like the lady previously with the stiffness. So being obese or being, having a BMI of over 40 does not mean you can't have a, a joint replacement, but it does mean I'm going to have to have a serious discussion with you to see if we can get the weight down before the surgery. And some people will say, I think I can do that. I have discussions about different methods of weight loss, exercise, physical therapy. Um, so the first thing we would do is try to get the weight down and then do the joint replacement. 
if this is somebody that has tried and tried and tried and cannot lose weight, we can still do the joint replacement, but they're gonna have to accept they are at a higher risk than someone who's skinnier. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Some physicians, if you're above a certain weight, it's just a absolute cutoff. No, you can't have oh. a joint replacement, but that's not necessarily the case. And, and it's certainly a factor, but it's not the only factor. Right, and besides the um the concerns of having surgery when you're that much overweight. Is there also a concern of putting that much weight on the joint later? Uh, yes, I mean, three to four times your body weight goes through your knee every step you take. Wow. So I will tell people, listen, we're gonna do your knee replacement. You're a little overweight. If you want this knee replacement to last the rest of your life, be that 30 or 40 years, you're gonna have to be healthy, active, and lose weight. Otherwise, you know, who knows? Maybe it won't last that long. But even with large individuals, today's joint replacements are tough. I mean, they, we used to tell people, I remember 20 years ago, we'd say, oh, you'll be lucky to get 10 years out of this hip or knee. And now we tell them, hey, these are gonna last forever. It's very rare that you see one fail that's been done correctly. That's incredible right it there. Is. That it's, it's gonna outlast the patient. <laughs> it, it, it does, 99% of the time. Yeah, and so we're talking about, we talked about benefit and risk. So I'm not one who likes to even, I like to lightly mention risk and not even bring that into my thought pattern, but let's focus on the benefits of this since there are just minimal risks to it. What are the benefits of having one of these replacements? Well, the benefits are amazing. I mean, that's the main reason I went into orthopedics is because I consider myself a human mechanic. I like to fix things. You know, I graduated in engineering. I've always loved working on cars and motorcycles. So I like working on people. So I like people to w come in, get fixed, and, and go out and enjoy their life. And that is what you see with joint replacements. These people come in and they can barely walk or they have severe contracture or deformity of their hip or knee or shoulder. And it greatly limits their life. They can't go play golf, they can't go to church, they can't go to the store, and then you do a joint replacement on them, and a month later, they're playing golf, and they're doing everything they wanna do, and it's forever. I mean, it's a permanent fixed thing, and they don't have to come back and do anything. Um, the benefits are astounding. So, the risk can be managed, but the risk of sitting around all day and missing out on life because you can't do things, what's the risk of that? It, it's, it, it's way worse than the one in 100 potential of a blood clot or something that we can still fix and, and get it better. So I just wanna get the word out there that if you know somebody who's suffering with a painful joint, they need to get to see somebody. <laughs> I love that. I just love that you brought that up. What the biggest risk has nothing really to do with the surgery, the actual surgery. The biggest risk is just going through life thinking this is just the way it is and never being able to, to watch everyone else out there doing and having fun doing the things that you would like to be doing, but you think you just have a bad hip or a bad knee and it's not for you, which past conditioning has told us that before. Sometimes right. oh, it runs in the family or I'm a certain age, my hip gave out, it's okay. Well, and it, that's not true anymore. I mean, I tell people all the time, people come in, oh, I've got a terrible arthritic knee and it's been hurting me for years, or I've got a bad hip. 
I said, you're lucky. We can fix that <laughs> knee. We can fix that hip. If it was a bad brain or a bad lung or diabetes or heart disease, those things are hard to fix. You know, but a hip or knee replacement, that's an easy fix. Um, so it's, it's people's perception, you know, and so few people understand that things have changed in the last few years that I still see hesitancy for people to come in. And I know there are people out there suffering and orthopedic surgeons can help you. Don't be scared. Right, don't be scared <laughs> and ask. Yeah. All right, we have a Skip on the line. Hi, Skip, what is your question for Dr. Mays? Well, like we just said, you know somebody needs a, a joint replacement or something, just call the doctor. But the insurance companies we got nowadays and the government we got, how can you go see a doctor? You can't afford to pay the insurance. And your deductibles are just as bad. So how can you go see a doctor? Well, you know, they're, you know, if you're obviously over 65, you qualify, qualify for Medicare. You know, we accept Medicaid as well. Um, you know, Willis-Knighton is very aggressive at working out payment plans with people. I've seen people who pay $5 a month. Right. Because that's all they can afford. So Willis-Knighton, where I, you know, I work at Bossier Orthopedics, but it's, it's at Willis-Knighton. Mm -hmm. they, will, they will really help you try to get, get it done. And if you have Medicare and you're over 65, it's really not expensive. I see a lot of people that don't have a lot of money and they seem to be fine. Right. And it's certainly worth it. I mean, if you think about the return on investment, nothing compares. Yes, again, just ask. This really, I'm so right. glad you called Skip, thank you. This actually is one of those things where just ask, whether it is about financial, if you need to start asking that first, call the doctor's and office, call, see how they handle it and see if they can help it because this is what they do. And the insurance companies love that it's, we're doing outpatient joint replacements. I mean, think how much money you save when people come in, get a joint replacement, go home. They're not staying in the hospital three or four days. They're not going to a rehab. So the cost of a joint replacement in the last several years has gone down immensely. Mm -hmm. You know, it used to be people came in the hospital, had a hip or knee replacement, stayed three or four days, went to a rehab, stayed there for two weeks to a month. That never happens now, or very, very rarely. People now come in, get their joint replacement, go home. We usually have a home nurse and a home physical therapist come to their house the next day and work with them. And then that therapist and nurse will come back three times a week. So. Even if you're home, you still get the physical therapy. You still get the nurse combined, change the dressing, or help you with your medications if you have questions. And then after a few weeks, once you're up and around and out and about, then you can transition to going to outpatient therapy. So we have this whole protocol worked out. I guess I should probably get into that. Well, so, let's get into it just a second because we have okay. a caller. Okay. But let's remind me, that's what we're going to talk about. All right. Okay, we have Cliff on the line. Hi, Cliff. What's your question for the doctor? Cliff, are you there? Uh, yes, I don't have a question. I just want to tell Dr. Mays how amazing he is. He, uh, he done me replacing on my brother two years ago, and he uh, walked a lot, but he's up over 2,500 miles now walking. Okay. But, uh, that
I haven't seen y'all on there, and I just thought I'd holler at him and <laughs> give him a thumbs up. Oh, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you very much. Okay. All right. Well. Yes, well, thank you so much for calling. I did not pay him to call. Okay. We, yeah, we do. We, we know that for sure. So, but we do appreciate that. You know, and I'm sure there are many more out there who would like to call and just say, we always love someone call in personally, thank our doctors with the experience we've had. And um, yes, thank you so much for that. Okay. But what I was saying is, you know, in order to go home the same day, there has to be a lot of arrangements made. So what we do is we have a man who comes to your house prior to surgery and, and evaluates your house. He makes sure it's safe. There's the, what stairs you have. What kind of you have throw rugs that are in the way that could cause trip or fall. They see what equipment you need as far as walkers, ice machines. We have a machine that moves the knee. People get a little laptop. It's like an iPad, and it shows how to do different exercises. It tells you when to do it. It monitors you, so you can watch videos of how to do this. So people can do their own therapy. So they get a CPM machine, they get a walker, ice machine, a bedside commode, and that's all delivered prior to surgery. So then when you come in for the day of surgery, you've already got all that. So then after surgery, you go home, and the next day we have a nurse and a physical therapist come to the house to work with you. So it's all kind of laid out there, so it's arranged before surgery. I love that. We have Nathan on the line right now, but I do want to say before we go to the caller that this is a wonderful thing to mention that because it's outpatient doesn't mean you're outpatient and then you're done. The care before and afterward is pretty pretty astounding and very thorough. So, and, you, and you get to eat your own food. You don't have to eat hospital food. <laughs> Another good point. Faster to your own food. Yes. All right. Nathan, what is your question for the doctor? Nathan. Hello, doctor. I I hear you talking about the hips and the uh, the joints and the knees. Do you actually work uh, on the backs? I have a back problem, very bad back problem. You know, I'm a I'm a general orthopedic surgeon, so I certainly see people with back problems. I don't do back surgery, but you know, I'd be happy to see you and help you. The the vast majority of people with back problems, we can get well without surgical intervention. Without surgery? Absolutely. Well. Oh, okay. Well, I've been suffering with this like 20 years. Have you seen a physician? I got, uh, I got a problem with L4, L5, S1, and I have stenosis. So, and sciatica, at this, all this at the same time. So, it's, you know, I can't walk far at all. Sciatica well, kicks well, in. Those are serious problems. Like, like I say, I'd, ha I'd need to see you in clinic and evaluate you to determine, you know, if you can get better without surgical intervention. But surgery is always a last resort and there's a number of other treatments that can be tried first for hip knee and right. back problems it's, it's always the right. last thing we do right so nathan can call your office and maybe come Absolutely. and see you i'd be happy to see him does that sound good nathan that sounds good thank you <laughs> okay thank, thank you. you for calling good luck oh, oh you're welcome sir. But a lot of out, um, spine surgeries are done outpatient as well. I just don't do that particular type right. of surgery. Right. It's incredible how much is done it outpatient. Is. Do you want to talk about the advancements and what's making this? Yeah. Um, some of the possible? advancements that obviously, the, like we discussed, the management of pain is, is an important issue, new medications. Um, the way we do the joint replacements are different. You know, we have robotics now, which 
you know, people imagine a, a robot walking in the OR and doing a knee replacement. Well, that's not exactly how it works. Um, basically, what the robotics, it's an arm. And what the arm does allows us to be more accurate with our cuts. It looks kind of like the arm off of a machine that builds cars. I don't know if you've seen the, mm -hmm. the assembly lines. Right. And what it does is we can program exactly where we want to cut, how much bone we want to cut, and it helps us make that do that very accurately. So when you're doing a knee replacement, you're not just you're not just cutting the whole knee out. You're basically doing what's called a, a resurfacing of the knee. You're preserving the ligaments, you're preserving all the muscles and tendons and ligaments. You're just replacing the joint surface which is worn away. So it's kind of like a, a putting a new tire on your on your car. You don't throw away the whole wheel, you just put a new tire on it. In order to do that, you have to also line everything up. So if somebody has a knee that's crooked, like it's bow-legged or it's valgus, which is knock kneed you can't just replace, resurface that knee and keep it crooked. That would be like changing a tire on your car and not doing an alignment. So when you do the knee resurfacing, you also have to straighten the whole leg out. Otherwise, this knee replacement won't last mm. because the forces are too great because of the misalignment. So the robot allows us to measure everything accurately, accurately cut things so that we put the knee replacement in the right orientation. So there's so many degrees of freedom you're working with here and then you have to get the leg straight and it's it's a lot of factors that go into play and if you do it right you end up with a great knee that lasts forever. If you do it wrong you can end up with a knee that's either too loose uh, or too stiff and they can't bend it like the lady that called in earlier. Sometimes that stiffness is a result of the knee replacement being put in too tight. So. Uh, the robot helps us do that accurately. It's, it's a new technology that we've had for the last several years. Um, for hip replacements, we also have robots and technology there. Uh, it's just the advances that come out every year are just amazing. It's just incredible what you can do, especially with robotics, to think about. But when we talk about replacement and you talk resurfacing, is it actually, is there other tissue? Or is it replaced with something? Is there something else that you put in there? Yeah, we replace it with uh, titanium, stainless steel, and a super strong plastic. Um, some people, like if somebody has poor bone quality, the knee replacement will be basically cemented in there with like a powerful epoxy that cements the, the implant to the bone. In people with better bone quality, we can do what's called a press fit where we put the implant in and then the bone grows into the implant. So you're really like a cyborg. The <laughs> implant becomes part of you and they last forever. It's pretty amazing. And so and we talked about just absolutely how strong that is. Even stronger probably than the initial joint that you have yes. in the first place. Yeah, if, you, if you're gonna break a knee or hip replacement, it's not gonna be the replacement that breaks, it's gonna be the bone adjacent to it. Um, they're super strong. And you said that they can probably go home that day. They do go home that day. Now, right. are they, um, when can they get up and move around? I know you said like, it's, I love that you called it a pit stop. Right. Keep moving, don't yeah. just lie there and heal. Keep moving I, and keep going. I tell people when they leave, you can do, uh, you can, okay, Miss Johnson, you can do anything except fall or lay in the bed. <laughs> Other than that, get after it. Get after it. 
because the more you do, the quicker you get well, the better off you're going to be. I love that. You know, when we talk about how you can play golf as soon as you're done, you can swim, you can do all these things, and you say, what if I've never done that before? It might be a good time to start learning something. Maybe you held back on learning or doing anything new. Right. It's a second chance. You know, some of these people have been so inactive for so long that they have to get back out there and discover what they want to do and what they like to do. And some people become much more physically active after their joint replacement than before. And I really encourage that because, you know, we're responsible for our own machine and how and the upkeep of that machine. So exercise is the fountain of youth. And without exercise, especially as you get older, you're going to have major problems. So sometimes after a joint replacement, we inspire people to get back out there and get a second chance and exercise this time because activity, running, exercise doesn't cause arthritis. It prevents it. Oh, that's a really good you, something for You don't wear out a joint, you rest it out. Oh, you got lots of t-shirt sayings that I, I do. could... Uh, I need, I need to make good. lots of t-shirts. You do, I, Dr. Most May. of them I can't use on TV, <laughs> but I can share some of them with you. Well, well, thank you for keeping it clean today. We enjoy <laughs> that because you've really given us a lot of one-liners here to think about, which is really powerful for our viewers, I think, to watch. It's... Um, it's not just, and especially if they're thinking about age, we think about that a lot. Um, you don't have to live with this. And exercise is, is the fountain of youth. Would you say to wrap it up? Abs absolutely. Like exercise is the fountain of youth. Give us a call if you need anything. Okay. We're at Bozier Orthopedics. My name is John Mays. I have multiple partners. Our office number is 318-212-7841. There you go. Thank you so much for Dr. Mays. This has been so informative and we've really enjoyed your company today. Thank you. Thank you, Terry. Everyone, thank you so much for watching today and calling in. We hope you have a wonderful afternoon and we'll see you next time on Healthline 3.